Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Because taking the leap, that step into the unknown, leaving the security of predictability is difficult to do. That first step, that very first decision is often the thing that holds so many people back because to do it, you need to step over and through your fears and self-limiting beliefs. But taking that leap to follow his heart is exactly what my guest today, Tobias, did. Tobias tells stories about growing up in the Sunshine Coast hinterland, how during his teenage years, he was lost due to the death of his mother, and how music saved him through the dark periods in his life. And it would be that music that Tobias takes the leap for, or taking the drop, as Tobias puts it. You see, when a close friend passed away, Tobias saw how fragile life is, and how short it can be. He asked himself the tough question, what do you really want? To play music and be a traveling musician was what his heart answered. So Tobias packed up his design and architect career to follow his heart into music. Tobias and I chat about learning to push through fear and self-doubt, learning from mistakes and learning from life. Tobias talks about taking risks and that if you're going to take a risk, then you should take a risk on being alive. Throughout our conversation, I talk about one of Tobias' songs, Just a Boy. It's a beautiful song about growing up in Australia, memories of his childhood and memories of his late mother. Tobias has generously given me a recording of Just a Boy that I've included at the end of the podcast, which I'm sure you're going to enjoy. Also, make sure you check out more of Tobias's tunes and his tour dates over at his website, tobiasmusic.com. I love learning about how people are living their life deliberately and to their own beat. And this is definitely one of those beautiful stories. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tobias. Hey, Tobias, how are you? Uh, good, thanks, man. That's great. And whereabouts in this beautiful world do I find you today? I uh, woke up in uh, beautiful Byron Bay this morning. Is, is, well, is where you woke up, where you put your head down at night as well? <laughs> just... It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, drove up here, uh, made it through here last night. It got you. And, 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 and what took you on the road? Uh, I've been on a... Uh, a solo tour uh, for a couple of months or a couple of years, <laughs> and this this is sort of the end of my uh, my trip for the, for this little solo tour. So it's just coming to an end now. So, well, Be- Byron Bay is a beautiful place to kind of uh, end it off. There, the most easterly point of of Australia that we we have there. I've been to Byron a few times, and it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is. It is stunning. It's lovely to be here. Well, I, I also had the pleasure of seeing you perform 
a few weeks back in my hometown of Newcastle, uh, yeah. and you were you were brilliant, mate. So thanks a lot for sharing your talents on that beautiful Thank Sunday you. afternoon. But when I went away, I, I dug a little bit deeper, and I realised that you have this beautiful story of of choosing a life that you really wanted to live, which I'm I'm hoping that we'll we'll get to dive into a little bit today. Mm-hmm. But but let's wind the clock back a little bit, and and you grew up in the hinterland of the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, which is which is in the country and it's quite rural what was childhood like for you it was um it, we moved up there to Yamundi from uh, country victoria because we we were affected by the uh the ash wednesday fires and uh and it was just one thing i think that was the straw that broke the camel's back and um mum and dad had decided you know to get out of there and take a risk and they, they bought their first house in Yumundi, uh in the uh, late 80s for like, it was $8,000. And um, so we moved up there and it, it was a really small town then. And it was uh, mainly farming country um, and a lot of cowboys. So it was a lot <laughs> the farming sugarcane and, and uh, ginger was the main, was the main employment up there. So we had a really blessed childhood growing up in the country. We had a property and we had little motorbikes and stuff. And we'd spend all our time exploring down in creeks. And um, and I was introduced to music very early on. My dad's a really folk enthusiast. So we grew up with a lot of um, Bob Dylan in the house. And there's always a lot of artists around. And, um, and I yeah, quickly learnt... Um, to play when I was about uh, about ten years old, and um, started busking at the Monday markets. To um, we started raising money for uh, our Dream World trip, our Year Four <laughs> Dream World trip, because I knew the Twelve Bar Blues. I said, "Yeah, no worries, I can do that." And uh, <laughs> put a band together, and all us little tackers would would get down the markets and um, put our sign out, and we were making all this money and. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. We had a lot of freedom, a lot of space. Uh, it was very creative, and uh, being around the ocean as well, you know. So, you know, I just feel really lucky about where I grew up and um, that environment. You know, it was um, it was really beautiful. Yeah. And I and I guess too, your your world dramatically changed when you were fourteen with the the passing of your mother. Mm. What was your favourite meal that she used to cook for you? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, I, I think it, I think it's spaghetti bolognese. And for years and years, I've tried to uh, try to replicate that, but it's been pretty tough. Mm. She was a fantastic cook, and she was a quite she's very creative herself, and she put a real passion into cooking French cooking. So. We uh, grew up with all these beautiful, lavish meals, and um, she really appreciated food and wine and music. And uh, but uh, for some reason, through all those dishes, I still think of spag bog. Mm. It's a very, you know? it's a very homely, a homely taste. The old spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And and you know, obviously, a, a huge thing for you with your mum passing. But how did that? You know, because I think you've got a, a number of brothers there. So you, your dad and, and a couple of brothers. H- how does that kind of really change the the landscape of your family? Kind of losing that that female influence. Mm. It's very dramatic. 
you know, it's um, at that age as well. I mean, at the time, you don't really know what's going on. It's very confusing. And I've got two older brothers that are six and seven years old, and then I've got a younger brother just 18 months younger than I. So my younger brother and I really went through that together. <clears throat> and we just sort of hit our teens and uh, lost our mum. And then we moved away from Yamundi. Dad sold the, the house. And um, it's very it's very confusing. You know, nev- nothing's ever really the same again. You know, just the the... the cliche things like Christmas is never the same again. But I think it's not having that maternal support around uh, really changes things. And, um, yeah, I, I, for myself, I was, you know, very lost, you know, at around those teenage years. And I was talking to someone about it recently, actually, um, just about, you know, someone was asking, why do you still play music? <laughs> and because... It sa- it really saved me. I think it gave me uh, some purpose and some camaraderie around my musician friends and um, something to focus on and a way to express what I was going through. And um, uh, yeah, and I, and I, you know, I'm really thankful for that to have that music because I'm not sure. I think I would have been a, a lot. A lot worse, I think. Yeah, it really, it, it was really a dramatic change. Mm. Hence, yeah. And you, you, you spoke there about your dad then selling up the property and, mm. and moving. Whereabouts did you guys head to? Just into Noosa. And that, see, that was the, that was always the dream, you know, because growing up on the Sunshine Coast at that time, there were two types of people. There, <laughs> there were bean pickers and surfers. And if, you didn't want to be a bean picker, you know, it was, it was very uncool. So we always wanted to live on the beach and surf and, you know, be the skegs and all that kind of stuff. So I think Dad sold that and then tried to create, you know, that sort of for all of us, you know. And and that too was really lovely, you know, lived in Sunshine Beach and um, we'd surf before and after school and, you know, it was, it was a good time, you know, as well. But you, you left the rural life and you ended up making your way down to Melbourne and, and studying history and anthropology. Yeah. What was it that was kind of pulling you towards those two fields? I, because uh, I, um, I sort of fell apart in my, <laughs> in my teens and I didn't do well at school, but I was always knew I was a capable student. And uh, I went back to school when I was... Um, in my mid-twenties and uh, had been gone to uni and been mucking around with a few courses and but history and especially Australian history and anthropology it just really gave me an opportunity to flourish in uh, research and academia and um, and uh, which was really lovely it was really surprising but um, I absolutely loved it I loved that the depth of the research and um, yeah, all of that content. Yeah. And, and but you eventually found your, yourself working in the uh, the family architectural business. Yeah. Is is this where you could kind of see the the rest of your professional career years unfolding? Well, it it was gearing up that way because I I finished anthropology and I'd done some interior design study prior to that, and I got into a master's degree of 
uh, called Design Anthropology. So I thought, geez, that suits, <laughs> that suits me. <laughs> I studied that and, you know, uh, did well. And, and I ended up in some really great architecture firms in Melbourne, working with Daryl Jackson and uh, NH Architecture. And I mean, it was really great, you know, and a really wonderful office environment, really great thinkers. And um, I think it came to a point where uh, I was either going to continue on with that and really pr try and progress and um, or not. And uh, I think that's when I chose to follow my heart with, with music. Yeah. And, and I guess there with like following your, your heart and, you know, we're kind of getting in, into the the meat of the, the chat here now, Le leaving the corporate world to, to follow your heart and to live in a way that you really wanted to live and become a, you know, a, a touring musician. You mm. know, what was, what was the big catalyst for that leap? It was, um, it was a lot of things, it, but I think probably I, I lost my best friend uh, about five or so years ago to cancer and you know that really it really rocked me and uh it really made me wake up and think you know, life you know really is short um what, what do you really want you know and that's such a big question i think that we can ask ourselves you know what do you want it's a hard thing to to answer i think and for me it was you know it was thinking about music and where the place that had, the role it had played in my life you know through my teens, that difficult time, you know, I left school, I went to music school and and it was just such a wonderful thing to come back to full time, you know, and um, that was, and that, it was a, it was a scary journey. It was this, I had a really good friend who's a touring musician, uh, he'd been doing it for 10 years and we used to play Nirvana covers at school, at the school dances and, uh, and he said, you know, there's, one thing that you need to do and it, it's like when we used to skate when we were kids and you do that first drop in on the bowl mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so really, you could stand there for days looking down at the bowl and it's just that just take the drop and he just said that to me at a cafe in melbourne and i thought that's it and that that was the moment that i thought okay i'm just taking the it's a leap of faith it's um diving into the unknown and uh it was frightening um but, uh, you know, it's every step has just been so rewarding you know, mm. because I'm doing it for myself and I'm doing it for my creativity and my spirit and uh, every step I take on the journey is, is rewarding. You know? And you, you talk about, like, diving into the unknown because I'm, I'm gathering at the crossroads where you're at, you can follow that corporate path and in a mm. sense, there were certain things probably laid out for you. We, 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 we can never predict the future no matter where we stand, but you, you knew that if you had done this for maybe a couple of years, then you'd advance there and then you'd move mm. over to there. And you can kind of see um, that path there. But, but this particular path, as you said, you, there was so much unknown. And I think that sometimes that, that unknown is what really holds many people back. Mm. But for you, like, how how did you eventually kind of take that, that step? Or was it really just kind of, as you said with the skateboard, just you just got to <laughs> drop in and, and have the faith? It was, I'd done a lot of touring prior to that. Uh, I was 
the privilege with playing alongside Jen Clower for a few years. And she took me around Australia. Um, so I had a, an insight of what touring was like. So I, that was good. So I kind of um, knew what I was in for if I worked hard. So, um, so yeah, I, so I really did just took the drop. <laughs> I just quit, quit my job, you know, and started booking tours. And I had to quickly move out of my flat because it was uh, too expensive. And uh, financially, it, it was a real struggle. Um, and I guess, like, on that point, like, because money is often something that will prevent people as well. And you kind of knew that you were maybe leaving the security of a, of a reasonable salary mm. um, to kind of go into something where it fluctuates and, and what you're getting paid and when you're getting paid, there's, there's so much unknown with that side of things. But how did you re- like really deal with the financial side of stuff? Uh, <laughs> well, I think being a, a a muso and a student for so long, I was very uh, um, familiar with living on a small budget. So it wasn't a huge shock, I think. It wasn't as a huge dramatic shock. And um, I've just had to learn to live uh, uh, on the on the bare minimum sometimes and learn, you know, how to look after my finances and all that stuff. I guess it's been a bit more organised and prepared. But definitely, you know, you don't have the uh, superannuation coming in your bank account. You don't have the salary coming into your bank account every fortnight, and so you kind of have to just make it work. And uh, but it also gives you me motivation to keep booking ahead, keep looking for opportunities, keep networking. You know, treat it professionally. I think, um, yeah. And was was the uh, reality of the road how you would kind of pictured it in your head <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's a it's it's a it's a wonderful thing and I found a real love for it and when I think about it I don't the gigs are lovely connected with people are lovely but it's also just being on country roads being at truck stops and, and meeting uh, strangers and having those experiences on your own I think I've found that that's uh, a really beautiful thing that I love. I've really fallen in love with Australia as well. The more I travel around, the more I meet people, especially in the outback and rural towns. I have a, uh, a newfound love for it. So that is really influencing my songwriting and where I, you know, where I tour to and stuff. So. And I guess tour taps back into your study of Australian history. Mm, yeah, and, you know... There is so much to explore, especially uh, I study the indigenous uh, studies as well. So you know, it's there is just so much to explore in Australia, and um, and I and I love that. Yeah. And what are, what are some things that you've you've learnt about yourself being on the road? Um, I think uh, it's it's really helped me to push through a lot of uh, self doubt. A lot of um, a lot of fears as well, you know, fear of the unknown and fear of I can't do this on my own. You know, I think a lot of artists we're also such uh, self-critical people. It's um, it's helped me to really push through that because, especially I tour on my own to a solo, and 
you've got to fall back on something. <laughs> and, that's, and I can't pretend to be anything else. And so that's really taught me to stand on my own two feet as an artist and a person as well. And, you know, um, try and be uh, confident in myself and with my music and, and what I'm doing. And I don't, I would never have got that if I just stayed around in Melbourne playing at the odd bar now and again, you know. And, and like, so were there certain things that you did or is it really just living the life and kind of traveling around by yourself? Like, I guess what I'm trying to get at, like, were there, were there particular things that you were conscious of doing or was it really just living life that has taught you these lessons? Yeah, it's, it's the mistakes. It's the mistakes that, that I've made that I've learned from them. Um, you know, towns that I've played to that doesn't really work or, you know, repertoire or, um, yeah, all of, all of that stuff. I think I've really learned just from, you know, falling over, getting back up again, falling back constantly. And you, yeah. you, you spoke earlier about kind of looking at it from a professional point of view. Like, is mm-hmm. there, and you, you also used the word structure, kind of being a little bit more structured around your time where I'm imagining that part of the allure of the road is, is the freedom, but there's kind of some, some structure within that freedom as well. How have, how have you been able to kind of mix the two together? Uh, I think um, I love I love a bit of structure <laughs> and I also love a bit of routine and I kind of miss my routine when, I, when I'm living somewhere, you know, and so I create that routine uh, on the road. Um, but I also allow myself, you know, time to just see where the wind takes you, you know, but I, I need that structure in, in uh, my, my music and, you know, gig times, um, who you're playing with, looking at future opportunities, all of that sort of stuff. That the freedom, um, yeah, the freedom. I, I always give myself freedom through, you know, through the week or whatever to to explore, you know. And you know, it's. I mean, just just um, Monday morning yesterday, and uh, I was thinking about that. You know, I used to catch the train into work in Melbourne, and I was. I was always miserable and always looking out, you know, always looking out over the suburbs, the sun coming up over the um, city going, there's got to be more for me out there. <laughs> and like, so, for example, yesterday, you know, I got a little sponsorship from Akubra Hats and they gave me a hat and all that kind of stuff and I dropped into a, the Slim Dusty Centre, which I love in Kempsey, and I was thinking, this is amazing, you know, this Monday morning and I feel so free and I feel alive and uh, and everything I work towards um, goes into what I'm doing, you know. So mm. it's just those little things, you know, it, it reinforces that, yeah, this is this is great. It's hard work, but it's, um, but yes, I love it, yeah. And if there's someone, I guess, standing at a similar crossroads, whether they want to be a musician or they, they want to change careers or... They want to pack up and go traveling and whatever it might be, but they can feel that their heart is pulling them in one way and they feel that their life is going in another way. Mm. And they've got those same kind of like fears and trepidations in front of them and those self-doubts. Like what's, what's some advice that you would give to that person to, to help them through that? I, I would just say what was said to me is 
just take the drop. <laughs> just give it a go. I mean, and that's the thing about all of this. You know, if it doesn't work out, you don't have to continue with it. You know, you can... Um, but, you know, I think there's real power and uh, freedom in just saying... And making that decision, you know, just... Just... Um, just to go with it, take a risk. A friend always says to me, just take a risk in being alive you know, mm. because when you're in the unknown and there's fears and you're on a new path, whatever, that's when you really learn about yourself. It's really where you learn about um, life, I think. And uh, yeah, it's real. I would just say, just do it, take a risk. Yeah. Mm. And do you find you, you like, it's not just that one risk, but there are many kind of additional risks that you're, you're yeah. going to take. I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is that I, I feel that there are lots of, and I, you know, I'm sometimes like this, there's a particular way that I'm, I'm heading and I yeah. feel that that, like, I've got this ease of everything's going to be, it's planned out and I can see the end, even though I know that I can't. But this mm. other way that I know that would be challenging and more fun um, you sometimes it's it's not easy. Do you know what I no. mean? There's there's those challenges, but it's the it's the lessons within the challenges, and it's sometimes that's easier to say once we've kind of gone through them and learnt the lessons. But once we're at the very beginning, it's it can yeah, it can be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, it, it you're right. It's it really isn't easy, um, but it's also rewarding. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, so moving on to your music here, mate, and your new album, Alive, and I guess it really kind of sums up how you were feeling after making all of your life-altering choices. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, your lyrics and your storytelling, they're quite personal. And mm. how was it initially sharing those stories each night on stage? I, at at first, uh, it was quite confronting, um, but it's. I think it's just the way uh, I have I perform, and that's just um, how I have to write. You know, it's just. So I've got, become very comfortable with it now, and the wonderful thing that's happened through that sharing from the heart is that you really connect with people, and you know I've written songs about. Um, my mother and the passing and, you know, struggles or whatever, and some joys as well. And there's always people uh, in the audience that are experiencing the same thing or have lost a parent or a brother or sister or whatever. And it's a really beautiful thing when they come up and say thank you, you know. Mm. And that that's something that I was never expecting. Um, so that that keeps me from... You know, that's why I keep doing it. And sometimes <laughs> I'll play it and I'll do the same stories that people come up and go, Jesus, everything all right? You know? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's, like, it's just a, it's a show, you know. It's, a, it's okay. It, um, I'm all right, really. Uh, but, um, yeah. But I think people are always going to connect when you share 
from the heart and you know one of my favorite songs of yours is just a boy and it's Mm. where you're talking about your childhood and in the video um there's some beautiful home footage of your mother and you know obviously once you know the story it's you know you can't help but but feel it by by watching the footage but for me that song really resonated with me as it provided a window for you know, me to think about my childhood and the things mm-hmm. that, that I've done and the experiences that I've had and the people that are in my life that have, it, it's how it's all kind of led to the, the person who I am today. Mm. And like, by taking that leap, has it kind of in a way enabled you to reconnect with that boy and, and learn and value the experiences that you've had in a different way? Yeah. I think it has. I think it's been a big part of this journey. Is uh, learn because I, I mean, in my story, I, um, you know, I was a bit of a rat bag when old mum died, and I sort of like a lot of teenagers turn to you know a lot of boozing and uh, and all of that, and then I shut a lot of it out. So in adulthood and and through this, um, it's been a really healing experience. Um, and connecting the family as well. And that song <clears throat> in particular, it's uh, it was beautiful to bring the family together for, for that clip. Mm-hmm. And we no one had seen moving footage of mum before. And so I dug that out of an old auntie's um, uh, collection she had of their wedding videos. So it was a really moving experience to see that footage and then the family together as we are now. And I think it, it helped, certainly helped me. It certainly helped, I know, my brothers as well. And, um, yeah, yeah, I had to go back and uh, heal that child. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes I cringe when you hear that inner child kind of stuff. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot of truth in it. Oh, most definitely. But, Tobias, I just want to thank you so much for, for chatting today. But one final question before mm. uh, I let you go, and it is a question that I ask all of my guests, and that's if you could please describe your perfect day. My perfect day? Oh, you know, I feel really good after I've played a great gig, so I love waking up after a good gig, getting back in the, uh, the caravan, and uh, getting on the road, <laughs> having a coffee and watching the sun come up, and then uh, probably uh, end the day with a swim at the beach. Mm-hmm. I think that would be my perfect. That was my day yesterday, actually. <laughs> and a day full of uh, beautiful birds singing around you, like you have today. Yeah, there's. I'm looking out over a rainforest, and there's koalas in the trees, and wow. It's, you know, it's pretty, it's very beautiful. Well, well, that's really good because seeing koalas in the wild is, is quite rare. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Wow. Not in Byron Bay. Everything happens in Byron Bay. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, mate, I, I, again, I just want to thank you for your time and sharing your story and, and, you know, illustrating that, you know, you can really take that leap to follow your heart. And for you, it was... Mm-hmm traveling around this beautiful country and, and really digging deep into your creative side and playing your music. And for people listening, it could, it could be something completely different. But if people do want to reach out to you and learn a little bit more about you, maybe even come along and see one of your gigs, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, the best way is through my Facebook page, which is uh, 
Tobias Music page, it's a Facebook at Tobias Music page, and I also have a website, uh, tobiasmusic.com.au, and uh, through the website you can you can find all my music and uh, tour dates and all that stuff. And uh, I always love people coming up and saying g'day after a gig. Done. Well, I will uh, make sure that I link to all of those in the show notes at liveimmediately.com. Um, is there anything that I've missed out, anything that you want to say before we uh, say goodbye? No, thanks a lot for having this, having me and having the chat. It's been really nice. Uh, you're more than welcome, mate. And uh, So thanks again, and thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, have fun and live immediately. Isn't it funny when the sun comes out again? Haven't seen it all winter, haven't felt it on my skin. It brings back memories of when I was just a boy. Fishing on the river with my dad in the sun. I can still smell the air, oh God, and the sausages on the fire And my mom's warm smile, our love it never tired My brothers and I, we would sit by the fire Listening to stories of time
my brothers and I We would sit by the fire Listening 